The world needs hope now more than ever. Welcome to the Exalted Podcast, where every week I will bring you messages of hope, health, and healing. I want you to be unapologetic about your faith, your success, your health, and the miracles that God is doing in your life. I am your host, Jen Beyer. My mission is to equip you in your faith so well that you are able to be a hope dealer in your communities while being as generous as possible with your time, your money, and the talents the Lord has blessed you with. This podcast is sponsored by Exalted Health, where we are ending the war on women hating their bodies. Welcome back to the Exalted Podcast. It is good to be back. This is my first recording that I've done in a while. If you have followed me for any amount of time, you know that my family went through a terrible tragedy this winter when my dad uh, got sick and then uh, ultimately passed away. So it has been a rough season in our lives. So I took some time away to just heal and really just lean into the Lord. Um, And it's been such a good decision. And now I'm here to just share a little bit of that journey with you because five years ago, Jen, uh, would have looked much different in the wake of this terrible tragedy. And not that I'm not grieving and mourning because I am, but I've been able to handle it in a much different way just because of the foundation that I have now with my relationship with Jesus. And five years ago, I was a believer. I was walking with the Lord. But I have learned to really invite him into every single facet of my life. And it looks much different than it did five years ago. So I'll just take you back to that first day. Um, I was driving to pick up my kids at school and my mom called me and I could hear the fear in her voice. And she told me that my dad had 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 pneumonia and gone downhill really fast and that she had taken him into the ER. And she told me how low his oxygen was. And I knew in that moment that it wasn't good. But I knew that our God was bigger. And so I began to just pray and intercede for him and just pray for a miracle, right? And um, I should have jumped on the plane um, that next morning, but I hesitated. Um, And that that part I do have a little bit of regret over um, because I waited a couple of days to go down there thinking, you know, oh, they've got him into the hospital now. They'll get him on some meds. He'll bounce back in a couple of days. And so we waited through the weekend and things actually got worse. And so Tuesday morning, I got a call from my mom that they were intubating him. And so um, at that point, I jumped on a plane and went down there. And he was in the coma by the time I got there. It took me took me till Wednesday morning to get there because they are in just a little tiny town in Texas. And Texas is so massive. So, um, when we finally went to see him, he was already in a coma. And so we spent, uh, three and a half weeks, um, there praying for him. Um, and the whole time we were praying for a miracle at some point, you know, my brothers came down and joined me. And then my older brother went home cause he didn't really have a flexible job. Like my brother, my younger brother and I do. And Um, So we stayed there with my mom and we would just take turns going in and just praying for him and praying worship music. And we were just declaring and believing for a miracle. And then at some point during this journey, you know, the Lord just dropped into my heart that um, 
that wasn't what my dad wanted. And that he was ready to go. And that was a really hard pill to swallow because we know that we serve a good, good God and that he doesn't want um, tragedy and things to strike. And why these things happen is a whole, it's a whole nother podcast. So I'm not going to go into that. But what I do know deep down in my heart is God is for us. And he's for my dad and he's for my family. But my dad was ready to go. And, you know, I can't even really say that I blame him. At that point, he'd been um, in a coma for almost a month. And so he'd been sedentary. And, you know, he's in his late 70s. And so, um, you know, the doctor would talk to us about what life would look like if he did wake up. And how much rehab and time in a long-term care facility would be. It would probably have been at least a year to two years at his age and just being sedentary for that long and not moving and just rehabbing his lungs and just kind of painting a picture of what life would look like for my dad if he were to wake up. And not that this doctor was encouraging us to let it go. He was just trying to give us an accurate description Um and at this point, like I knew in my heart that my dad was was ready to go. And so, um, you know, we did a lot of praying during that time of like, what, what would dad want, right? Like if we just let him go at this point, some of his organs and things had started to fail. And uh, if, if he did get the miracle, like we know that God can do anything, but he would have spent quite a bit of time um, on oxygen, in physical therapy, in you know breathing therapy, in long-term care facility. And if if any of you know my dad, he would have hated it. He would have hated every second of that. Um, we've had lots of conversations, you know, since he passed. Like I don't have any idea how my mom feels about having to be, you know, in long-term care or in a rehab facility or, you know, in a coma even for that matter. But I always knew how my dad felt. I always knew that he would never want to live like that. And he was very open about that. Um, and I don't think there's anything, there's any shame in that. He was ready. He was ready to go. And um, so as it came down towards the end, you know, we did have to make the decision, my mom and my brother and I, to to pull that um, breathing tube out. And he only had about a half a breath before he he was gone. And, you know, the Lord was so present in that transition. You could just feel the presence of heaven in the room in a way that I've never experienced it before. And I'm very familiar with the presence of God. But when somebody's transitioning, it's a whole lot different. Um, and then since then, you know, we've just been holding each other up. Um, my dad loved motorcycles. He loved being a grandpa. He loved tinkering and building. And so we've tried to find ways to just honor him 
since he's been gone and help my mom through it. You know, like I said, they're married for 46 years. And I can't imagine losing uh, your life companion after that many years. You know, my husband and I have only been married for, I should know this, 14, 15, 14 years. We've been together for 16, but um, losing someone after that long. So it's been this season of, of change and shift and Others, although though it's been traumatic and tumultuous, the Lord's been in it. And so every day, even when he was in the hospital, I would just um, find that quiet place where I could just surrender all of it. Everything I was carrying that day, the shame, the frustration, a little bit of anger, the grief, Um, And just a daily surrender and being really open and honest with the Lord about what that day was bringing. And obviously, I haven't been perfect in this. I've had days where I've been overwhelmed and snappy at my family or my mom. And I'm so sorry for that. Uh, But the Lord has been so present in it. And then just all the things that show up after you lose somebody, you know. Um, going through voicemails on my phone and um, thank goodness I am terrible at deleting things because I have some voicemails all the way back to 2015 for my dad now there's nothing there's nothing life shattering on those messages um, but hearing his voice uh, is pretty amazing yeah getting to hear his voice one last time and what a gift that technology is So if you are going through something right now, lean into your relationship with the Lord. You know, I wouldn't have be where I am without uh, my sisters in Christ. Um, So you guys have heard me talk about ministry school before that I'm in. I have an amazing small group within my ministry. I have amazing friends within my ministry. And gosh, we lost between the 12 of us. We had so many, so much loss this year, but those women held me up. So surround yourself with people who have that kingdom mindset that know that beyond a shadow of a doubt that my dad's at peace, that he is with our savior. Like that's something to celebrate. Like even though there's so much grief and sadness in it, there's also joy and peace because heaven is the ultimate reward. Heaven is, isn't the punishment, even though it feels like it to us sometimes here on earth. Heaven's the reward. Heaven is the ultimate endgame. Sorry for the Marvel reference. I have boys. Anyway, um, I, I wanted to share it with you today because so many people have asked me how I'm doing so well. And I don't know that I'm doing so well. Like, I am deep in grief still. It's been... Just about four months, and I have created so much time and space to just process all of this with Jesus. I have created so much time and space to just be and not make myself do anything. That's why I haven't picked up the mic to record again, because it was another list, 
another item on my list of things that I had to do. And I knew I needed the season to just be as I was processing this grief. And the other thing that I think is really important is just um, how I would have treated my body, you know, five years ago. So during that time that he was in the hospital, when you're at the hospital all day and you're in this massive amount of stress and really in that like life or death time frame, the last thing you're going to do is come home and like prepare a nutritious meal. And there were lots of nights that we lived off of gluten gluten-free crackers. And, um, I don't even know how many I had ice cream more in those couple weeks than I probably have in the last, you know, five years combined because my dad loved ice cream. So we loved using that excuse. Right. And it was just comforting during that time. And five years ago, Jen would have had a lot of shame about how she had treated her body during that time. There was no workouts. There was no nutritious meals. We were barely eating. And I didn't have any guilt or shame about that. I knew that I was in survival mode. And my family and I, my family came down, um, you know, they, they tried to get down before my dad passed, but he passed before they could get down there. But we stayed down in Texas with my mom for about a month after my dad passed. And even during that time, we were not eating well. We were not taking care of ourselves. We were doing a little bit better, but because uh, my husband was there to be really helpful and shop and cook and things that my mom and I just weren't up for doing, but we still weren't taking great care of ourselves. And by the time I got back to Minnesota, um, I had lost a little bit of weight. And I'd run into different people, all, all Christian friends, and people would comment about how I looked. Oh, have you lost weight? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I have. You know, they're like, oh, have you been eating? Because during stressful time, it's, it's not uncommon to not eat. It's like, no, I haven't. I have not been taking care of myself. And without hesitation, this happened three or four different times. Every single one of them would say, well, you look great. And go about, about their business. And it is such a testament to how much in society we care more about like thinness is so valued versus taking care of yourself. Right. And I'm not mad at anybody. Don't get me wrong. I'm not mad at anyone. I'm not offended by this comment. It was just a, such a huge eye opening to me. And five years ago, I probably would have said something similar to someone else. Right now I'm so conscious of this language and how we speak to and about our bodies and just like that nourishing aspect. And so just such a testament to in our society, even in Christian society, how much we value thinness over health. And it's just, it's just such a place that we all need to grow, myself included. It, it was a wake up call right? For me, like, yep, there's a grace period for when you're not taking care of yourself when you're in the wake of a huge tragedy. But then there's also a point where you have to turn it around. Otherwise, it can develop into a huge problem. And so it was a little bit of wake up call for me, I started implementing some of the simple and easy things that are part of my normal routine when I'm not in massive stress. Um, 
started moving my body again in just a really gentle way, just walking, doing workout videos at home. You know, we built a gym in our basement during COVID and I just started moving again in a really gentle and loving way. Uh, and it's been such a grace-filled process. Uh, so that my second point in all of that is it's just, it was a testament to how far I've come because this is somewhere that I have the Lord's been working on me for quite a while is how I treat myself, how I talk to myself, how I handle things when things are stressful and giving a grace period for when you're in survival mode, but then turning it back around in a gentle and loving and grace-filled way when you need to get back to normal. Because if I had lived there, if I'd stayed in the place where I was only eating gluten-free crackers and ice cream, that obviously would have had massive side effects down the road if I was still doing that four months out. But I was able to just slowly, in a grace-filled way, return to the, the healthy, healthy choices that I know that I have committed to make to myself and to the Lord, right? He's, he's walked me through this body image issue in such a gentle and graceful and loving way, rather than the striving and having to be perfect and having to return every single thing, you know, the intense workouts, the meal plans, like all of those things that I was doing five years ago that just brought more stress. The Lord's just turned it into this place of grace and just complete appreciation and love and gratitude for this body and everything that it's been through. You know, if you've listened to any of my other episodes, you know, I've battled uh, stage four cancer and chronic Lyme's disease. And now just going through grief of my father, like those are things that take massive tolls on the body. And yes, grief was really intense on your body. When you're in that level of stress, so intense. In just implementing these loving practices, blessing my body, nourishing my body, not having to strive to be or feel a certain way, not leaning into those compliments. This is so important. When people would compliment me on losing weight after I hadn't been eating, right? Five years ago, Jen would have grasped onto that and been so desperate to stay at this smaller weight that she probably would have continued um, some really unhealthy lifestyle choices. But I can just shrug it off now. Like I know that I am more comfortable in my body now than I have ever been in my life, which is ironic because I have been much smaller. I have been much different weights. And this doesn't mean that I don't have health goals and I don't have goals to take care of myself, but it doesn't have to be the whole story, right? It can be full of love and grace. And uh, I just want to share with you that it's possible for you to. It's possible to learn to change your language, to be in this grace-filled symbiotic relationship with your body, to be in our bodies. So many people are disconnected from our bodies, right? If you've had 
chronic health issues or trauma or anything like that, it's not uncommon to disconnect from your body. And then you just numb it with food or other addictions. I've been through a big gamut of all of that. But healing is possible. And so that just leads me to what we kind of have coming up next. And I never could have planned this. This this Bless Your Body Challenge was actually supposed to happen back in February originally. It was set to go live February 15th. And then when my dad went into the hospital on February 4th, I knew that there was no way that that was going to happen. And so I canceled it indefinitely. And um, I just decided within the last few weeks that we're going to redo it and we're going to launch it um, July 1st. And then the Lord had just been walking me through and just showing up for me and reminding me of all these ways that I've grown in this area and all these things that he's healed within me. Right as this bless your body challenge is coming up. He, he couldn't have done it more perfectly if like he just knew. He knew all the things that were coming and he knew he was just going to use this time in my life as a testament to how much he's walked me through this process and I couldn't have done it without him. And so I want to invite you in. I want to invite you into this Bless Your Body Challenge. So many of us have spent a lifetime cursing and hating and complaining about our bodies. And there's a better way. We can be in a beautiful, symbiotic, full of gratitude relationship with our bodies. And so I just, if you're listening to this, I just want you to take a second. I just want you to close your eyes. I'm going to walk you through a little bit of what this looks like because I don't want people to think that it's just a whole nother to-do list of things that you have to do. So just bear with me a second. If you're driving, obviously, um, either pull over or wait to do this. But go ahead and take a deep breath. Close your eyes and roll your shoulders back. And just go to that place where you connect with the Lord. And just stay there for a second. And just for example's sake, I'd like you to go to the place in your mind and think of the body part that you like the least. And just notice how that feels in your body. Notice the negative emotions. Notice where you feel it. For me, I always feel it in my chest. Now, leave that place because we don't want to stay there, right? And now that same body part that you just uh, thought about how much you disliked it, I want you to bless it. And that's just simply, I bless my thighs. If your thighs were the part of your body that you hated. And just notice how that feels. A blessing is releasing what heaven says about it. It's not just a word. You're releasing the power of heaven. And so notice what it feels like in your body. Say it again. I bless my thighs. 
Maybe that's not what you blessed, but that's what I blessed. And notice how that feels. So in this challenge, all you're doing every day is you're going to get an email in your inbox. It's going to give you a body part, a thought, a prayer to bless a certain part of your body. And all the whole goal of it is to bring your body back into a symbiotic balance and connect you with the Father. That's all. Just a daily thought, a daily prayer, a daily place to concentrate on versus all the the macros or the calorie counting or the carb counting or the fat and protein, like all that other junk, right, that doesn't align with heaven. We're going to get rid of all that. And we're just going to release the blessings of heaven over our bodies for 40 days. And you will be amazed at what a difference it can make in all areas of your life. I have been able to walk through the hardest season of my life. And this has been the hardest season. I told you, I've been through stage four cancer. I've been chronically ill for years at a time with Lyme's disease. And this was still harder. Losing a parent and then watching them leave behind their spouse of 46 years has been the hardest. And I've made it through this in a much healthier way than I ever could have all of those other things because of the difference in my relationship with Jesus and the difference in my relationship with my body. I've watched people go into tailspins after these horrible tragedies. And I can't even say that I blame them, right? It's so much stress that those neural pathways get built and bad habits get formed and they're really hard to shift, but not with heaven. Not with the blessings behind it, not with Jesus behind you. And so when you're leaned in and tapped into him in every way, shape, and form, it can be much easier. So if you're interested in joining us, please head over to Exalted Health. Exalted is spelled E-X-A-L-T-E-D, health.com, and sign up for the 40 Days of Blessings. It, we're starting off June, I'm sorry, July 1st. It kicks off 2022. I'll also put it in the show notes so it'll be really easy to find. But we'd love to have you join us. And we can't wait to hear what the Lord is doing in your life. I hope this served you. If you are in the middle of your grief journey too, or even if you just had a big aha, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on my website. It has all my contact information. I'd love to pray for you. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, it would mean the world to me if you would take 30 seconds and give me a five-star rating, write a quick review, and subscribe to the podcast. And share it with any of your family or friends that you feel like this episode could bless. It helps get the word out more than you know. Or if you know someone that's a hope dealer and has an incredible story that needs to be shared, go to my website at www.exaltedhealth.com forward slash podcast and fill out the podcast guest form. The world needs these stories of Jesus now more than ever. Or if you have a miracle or testimony of an incredible Jesus moment, you can go to our website and fill out the testimonial page for a chance to get a shout out on the podcast. We'll see you next time.